I hear Chris Sariotis is back. Welcome back, my brother. And Ed is back. And some faces I haven't seen for a while. And by the way, these lights are really bright. Um, I'm glad you guys are here. I'm glad you're braving this. Um, I had to find a little courage myself as we talk about courage today to talk about some of the things I'm going to talk about. Um, But praise God for me to have the ability to even be standing up here um, in front of you. It's very humbling. I want to say that today's sermon entitled, Be Courageous, um, and the main point of, of the sermon is simply being courageous and being obedient leads to success. We all want to know what the magic um, equation is, and it's simply just that. We forget that the Bible from the front to the back is about a story about obedience to a God who cries out for us to do just that. So um, last week, Brian kind of set the stage for us a little bit. He talked about the 12 spies in Israel, the the 12 leaders, the, the main guys of this group. And these were really important people, right? And he chose these 12 spies and we sent them out to the land of Canaan to just kind of check it out, to see what was going on there. And they come back and all but two of them were freaking out. They were afraid. They were scared to death. They didn't, we don't want to go there. There's giants there. We can't, we can't do this. But there are two that were courageous. There were two that showed faith. We also know that the Israelites have been wandering in the desert for 40 years because of their disobedience to God. We also know that this is shortly after Moses' death. So Moses has died, and he wasn't able to go into the promised land. He wasn't able to go into the promised land because he disobeyed God. A man of great faith, a man of wonderful stories that we all know that, that the law was built upon um, his back and the work that he did. And, and, and God showed what a righteous man he was to the Israelites. But he didn't get to go in because he struck the rock with his staff instead of speaking to it as God commanded him. And then he kind of took a little bit of credit for the water that came forth. So God does take sin seriously, and he does take obedience seriously. So this series is called Battle Ready, and I want to tell you a little bit about my battle. I'm going to try to um, edit this as much as possible. There are children here. My daughter's here. But I battled with addiction for 28 years. Um, I did everything you could you can think of except for one thing that would have led to my death had I done it. Um, everything possible that you could think of, I did it. After I was saved. I slept in the streets. I slept in fields. I slept in my own yard. I slept in my yard because my friends got sick and tired of me getting so wasted that I couldn't even walk or was, was completely out of it. They would, they would drive me to my house, they would open the door, and then they would kick me out into my yard, and wherever I fell, that's where they left me. 
because they were tired of dealing with who I had become. I've been places that I'm embarrassed to talk about. I was completely lost. I had no hope. There was no true light inside me at all. I was wandering around in this desert for 28 years, just trying to figure out what's the next cool thing I could do to make myself feel better. But the answer wasn't out there. It wasn't there at all. There was this turning point um, where I'd pretty much lost everything. And a friend of mine who's actually here today invited me to church and I rededicated my life and, and I decided, you know what? This other stuff isn't working. It's, it's just not working. I need to follow Jesus. I need to be obedient. I need to do what he wants me to do. But it was a daily battle even after that. Every day was a battle to do the next right thing. To, to take this one small step, this one sin, and check it off and throw that away. And another one and, and check it off. The sanctification process we talked about in Sunday school today. That's what I was experiencing as he put me in the crucible and he burnt me and he burnt me and he burnt me and all this pain and stuff was coming out. And he just created this way for me to deal with it. It was through his strength. It was through the faith that he gave me, but I was an active participant in the process. So today we're going to talk about being battle ready. The battle had begun in my own life. We'll talk a little bit about Joshua. So open your Bibles to Joshua um, chapter 1. We're going to read verses 1 through 9. Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, cross the Jordan, you and all his people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Every place on which the sole of your foot tread, I've given to you, just as I spoke to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the great river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and as far as the great sea towards the setting sun, will be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you. I will not forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers and give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have great success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success." Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? 
Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So the setting is, Joshua had been with, uh, with Moses for 80 years at this point. He was just a boy whenever he met Moses. And um, that was about the time Moses was leading the Israelites out of Egypt. And, and, and we think about who Moses was and what Joshua saw during those times. And Moses had led them through the Red Sea. He would provided them with food, water, shelter, security. Through God, Moses provided the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. The tabernacle was constructed and the Ark of the Covenant was fashioned. God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. And on and on and on. And we can talk about Moses till we're blue in the face. He was a righteous man. God chose to do amazing things. But Moses failed. He was a strong leader who God used. And he failed. And God said, you're not going into the promised land. I've asked you to be obedient. Joshua watched uh, Moses accomplish all of these things, right? He saw him. He got to sit back and watch this righteous man, this, this man who God used so well. He saw his faith but he also saw him fail. Let's go to verse 1 and 2. Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead, and now therefore arise across the Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the sons of Israel. So Joshua had been wandering around in the desert for 40 years himself with Moses. And I'm sure all of the people of Israel were wondering, when is this going to end? Why do we got to keep walking around in this, in this desert for 40 years? When is it going to end? And you have to think that Joshua thought the same thing. You have to imagine that Moses thought the same thing. When is it going to end? Many of the Israelites died. Generations died off. Moses died off. And God says to him, my servant is dead. Now arise and go into the promised land. The first point is this. Disobedience and an unwillingness to follow God's appointed leaders always follows with chaos, redirection, ineffectiveness, or failure. We have to remember that there's a purpose that God has for us. And when we're disobedient, he really can't use us. Verses 3 through 5. Every place on, the, on which the sole of your foot treads, I've given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses. From the wilderness in this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, as far as the great sea towards the setting of the sun, will be your territory. No man 
will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. I remember a time after um, I rededicated my life that, that I felt God place a promise on my heart, and that was that he would create happiness in me, that he would create joy in me, and that he would be able to use me if I just followed him, if I just was obedient to him, if I just did what he said. And so he took me out of that wilderness because I placed my life, I surrendered my life to him. I gave it to him. I said, it's yours. Just as painful as this is going to be because it's not easy. It's painful sometimes. Just please put me back in the fire and burn it out of me. And he gave me a beautiful wife and some amazing children who love me. As jacked up as I am, they still love me. He gave me a good church. He gave me um, opportunities to do this, to speak into the lives of broken people in recovery group. He placed me here right now in the hopes that I might be able to share my jacked up past with somebody that can relate to that and go, hey, you know what? I, I get it. I, I'm still there. I do it all the time. That's what he does. He takes an ugly, broken past and he turns it into something beautiful. We're brought out of sin into an abundant life with God. But that's the process. Out of the sin into the abundant life. The wilderness is never God's permanent location for us. He doesn't want us to wander around in the wilderness. He didn't want the Israelites to wander around in the wilderness. He doesn't want you to wander around in the wilderness. But he's going to let you as long as you want to do it. As long as you want to lead your own way. As long as you want to be your own Lord. He's going to let you wander around out there because that's your choice. So choose what you want. But don't blame him when you're still stuck in the wandering stage. When you're in that desolate wilderness and praying for the, your next meal, don't blame him like I did. It's supposed to be a place of transition. It's supposed to be a place of growth. It's supposed to be a place of change where he works on us and he talks to us and he convicts us and says, look, this is what you're doing. You've chosen this. You feel the pain? You must like it because you keep doing it. The next point is this. Very few Christians, perhaps none, ever fully realize the fullness of our spiritual potential because we still make excuses for our sin. We are weak and we fall prey to sin. That's what we do. We're human. There is hope. Verse 6 and 7 says, Be strong and courageous. For you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. 
Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you may have success wherever you go. God kept his covenant with the people. They didn't. They broke the covenant. God kept his promise. Maybe it's not the the way they liked it or had it in mind. You know, they had to go through the wandering stage. A bunch of them died off. Maybe they didn't envision it that way. But he still kept his promise. He's kept his covenant with them. So the consequences were many of them died. Moses died. They never made it into the promised land, a lot of them. But he still kept his promise to the people. God calls them to be strong and very courageous. Do what my law tells you so that you will have success. Here's a warning. Do what my law tells you so you can be successful. In other words, if you don't do what my law tells you, you're not going to be successful. Successful in what? Successful in your relationship with your Lord. Successful in being able to do ministry. Successful in being able to sustain the type of lifestyle that you want, perhaps. It's not all about money, so don't get me wrong. Can you imagine what's going on in Joshua's mind after he saw Moses died? You know, the fear that must have come into him when God said, now you go take people in the promise. Oh, yeah, but you, you just killed a whole bunch of people and you just killed Moses. You want me to do it? I don't know. I don't know if I want to be that guy. It's scary sometimes being the point man. It's scary. But it's not about what we feel. We all get wrapped up in our feelings, and I hear a lot of people saying, well, I feel like you, I feel like what you were saying, you know what? God gave us feelings for a reason, and they're important. Gave us emotions for a reason. What they signal is our weaknesses. When we have feelings about something, it's either love or hate or anger or whatever they all are, but it's a a way for him to tell us what's going on in us. Stop worrying about how you feel and be obedient. He's calling us to do something, not to just wander around. It's about what you do. The next point is this. God's calling us to be courageous. He's calling us to trust him. We will be successful if we have faith and answer his call in obedience. Verse 8 and 9. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He's just pounding this into Joshua. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. He makes a command of Joshua to keep the law written on his heart heart and on his mouth. To meditate on it day and night. 
How can we be careful not to break his laws if we don't know what they are? How can you be careful if you don't read your Bible? How can you be careful not to break his laws or do something against his will if you don't even know what it says? Try this sometime. Why don't you go out? Don't try this. Um, Do something stupid sometime. Get yourself into some legal trouble. Go stand up in front of the judge and say, hey, you know, I didn't know it was against the law to sell that meth. I, I didn't know. I just didn't know. So because I didn't know, you need, you need to give me a break. And see how far that gets you. It's your responsibility to know what the law is in your land. And no judge is going to pardon you because you didn't know it was wrong to sell methamphetamines. It's not going to happen that way. We know what's right and wrong. We as Christians know what's right and wrong. In fact, the Bible says, and I can't remember, it's the first or second chapter in Romans, but his law is written on all of our hearts. We all know what's right and wrong from birth. We know what's right and wrong. So there is no excuse. We like to, we like to give them. This is a lot easier to feel good about ourselves when we do that. He says, be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have success. We don't get to pick and choose which parts of the Bible we like. Okay? I dare you to do this. Take your Bible and just start ripping out the pages you don't like. I, yeah, that, that part there don't apply to me. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to take that, throw that part away. I can't stand the book of Leviticus. I'm just ripping it out and throw it away. I know you're not going to do that. Why you're not going to do that? Because you have enough um, sense tangibly in your own mind, physically in your own mind, that you know that's wrong. But yet every day, every one of us takes a little piece of the Bible and we redact it and we say, well, today I'm not doing this. I'm not going to do that. So we may as well rip it out and throw it away because right in our minds, that doesn't apply to me. Okay. It will someday because he will change you. He will make sure that you know that he is king. How do we prosper? We do God's work. We don't just read it, we do it. I'm not promising you riches because the word success here and prosper here literally means success. It doesn't mean he's going to give you riches as if that's what life's about. Our Lord says, give us this day our daily bread. That's success. If you have food in your stomach and you're alive, you are successful. That's all he promises any of us is life. And life abundantly when we're obedient.
The next point is this. Oh, by the way, he, he gave the Israelites bread. It was falling out of the sky, just dropping like rain. And what did they do? They complained about it. Next point is this, about the Bible. Be careful to do all that's written in it. Now, that's a big standard, guys, and I know it's hard. But the processes of sanctification is working on your sin life. Trying through his strength, not your own, to do better each day. Verse 9, have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Here it is again. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. If God had to tell Joshua to be courageous, isn't it? Can't we deduct from that that he knew Joshua was not very courageous in the moment? Or why would he need to voice that to him? He had to know that there was fear in Joshua's heart. You just killed a bunch of people. You just killed both. Mo- he didn't kill them. He let them die. And now he, it's on you, buddy. Take them home. And any human being would feel insecure. Any human being would feel insecure in leading people into anything, especially a battle as such as they're getting ready to take, take part of. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It is doubtful that Joshua feared the battle as much as he feared his Lord. And that is exactly the right posture to be in. This world can do nothing to us. We might die in a battle, but we are not dead. His posture, his fear came from the Lord. He feared the Lord. He wanted to do what's right. God wouldn't have chosen Joshua if Joshua wasn't full of faith. He would have chosen somebody else. God's telling Joshua right here to trust him. Every time I've ever tried to do anything on my own without prayer or researching in the Bible or talking to leaders in the church or talking to people that are wiser than me and whatever the subject matter was and then praying over it, I have failed or done mediocre at best. It's only when I seek him that there's any fruit that bears from it. Verse 9 says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. This is the last point here. Next to the last. Do not tremble. That's a very deep theological subject. Do not tremble. Simply just have faith. That the weaknesses that you think you have compared to the strength that he has are nothing. Don't tremble. God is with us wherever we go. He was with me when I went into the drug houses. He was with me when I went other places, I'm not going to say. He was with me in the streets. He was with me in my front yard when I was laying there in a pile of my own puke. 
And he was with me when I could literally feel the presence of Satan reach out and touch me and coax me into hurting myself. Because he told me that moment, no. That he is my God, not this fool who deceives me. He asked me to run as fast as I could into the promised land, away from the darkness. He asked me to run into that and trust him. That's a scary place because I don't know what that side is. I don't know what's on the other side of the river. I don't know because this is what I knew. I knew all this bad stuff. I knew all of this. I don't know that stuff. That means I got to deal with my emotions. That means I got to deal with all this pain and stuff that's going on in my heart. I don't, I don't really want to deal with that. I don't want to deal with that garbage. That's why I used, because I don't want to deal with it. That stuff's scary. That stuff's hard. I was afraid of myself. And I still am sometimes. The term that we give ourselves or the phrase that we give ourselves often is, I can't do that. I can't teach a Sunday school class. I can't teach a life group. I can't lead out in any ministry. That is a lie from the devil telling you that you're not good enough. And who are you listening to? Are you listening to your Lord, the one that can make any of us great? The one that can take the weakest of weak and turn into an amazing leader? Or are you listening to the enemy? I was afraid to surrender. I was afraid to lose control. See, that's what I like. I like control. I want to be the boss. And every time we sin, that's really all we're saying. I want to be the boss. I don't want to surrender my control of my life to something else. That just feels weird to me. I'm not qualified to do this. I don't have enough training. I don't know enough about the Bible. I can tell you there's some success stories in this church right now from people who used to say that but don't say it anymore because they're trusting in God to give them the power to step forward across the river into the promised land where they can lead others into the promised land. Unqualified is not a term any Christian should use. Here I stand before you today, a drunk a drug addict, a mean and bitter person, transformed by the blood of Christ. Without him, I'm still wandering around in the desert. I'm still imperfect. I got a long way to go. My wife can tell you. Even my kids can tell you how uh, stupid I am sometimes or the things that I do, they're wrong. 
but I'm reaching out to him. I'm trying. I'm reaching out to him and saying, you tell me the next best thing for me. I trust you to tell me what to do. And I just do it. I don't worry about how I feel, how I feel. I, I just do it. The next slide is this. Maybe it's time you ask him, what else can I trust of you? What else can I obey? You see, we're, we, have this, um, we have this idea of God. Ring, ring. Yes, this is God. No, I'm looking for Santa God. Uh, he doesn't exist. I need from you. I need this from you. I need this from you. I need this from you. Can you give me this? I need a new house. I need a new car. I would really like a million dollars. God loves to answer prayers like that, guys, but that's not the purpose of the relationship. He is not Santa Claus. He's not a vending machine. He wants a relationship with you. He doesn't want to be your Santa. What if we asked him these questions? What if we asked, how can I be happy? Um, Trust in me. How can I be joyful? Obey. How can I be successful? Trust in me. Obey me. John H. Samus wrote, When we walk in the Lord, in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey. We have to be courageous. We have to be obedient. Yeah, Jesus died for our sins. Yeah, we're still going to sin. But we're not here to just lean into that grace. We need to be courageous and we need to be obedient if we want to be successful. I'm going to ask the, um, the band to come forward. And I ask you guys to, to pray. As they play this, just bow your heads. And listen to the words. And if you know them by heart, sing them. But this is a prayer for all of us, every single one of us, because we all have problems with trusting and obeying our Lord. Just bow your heads. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much for taking a jacked up, broken person such as me and and transforming my life and, and continually reminding me to deal with my own sin and And continually throwing me back into the furnace where I need to be, Lord. So that I can become more and more and more like your son Christ. But Father, as I ask you to put me into the fire, 
I can't be surprised when you do so. I can't be surprised whenever you, you feed me some pain. And you say, you need to work on this, and you need to work on that, and you need to work on that. And I need to be willing to listen. And I need to be willing to just do it, to trust in you and obey you. In the name of Jesus, I pray all these things. The Son who bore the weight of sin on the cross for me. We love you, Jesus. In his name.